Hey everyone, Kelby Bachman here to make a quick announcement before we get started. I partnered with Gina Perry and Beat the Streets National in hopes to help raise money for their Gear Up campaign. The Gear Up campaign aims to provide youth with a new pair of wrestling shoes, headgear, and workout clothing. We've all been touched by wrestling in some shape or form, so now let us provide the same gift wrestling gave us to those who need it most. You can donate at national.beatthestreets.org slash letstalkwrestling or help spread the word about the Gear Up campaign. You can find the link and more information about the campaign in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. Now, let's talk some wrestling. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Andrew Sorensen. Another exceptional person in the sport of wrestling, Andrew was a three-time place winner at the Iowa High School State Tournament. He placed seventh as a freshman, fourth as a junior, and finally won it all as a senior. Andrew went on to compete at Iowa State University, where he was a two-time NCAA qualifier. Andrew is now the head assistant coach at the University of Nebraska Kearney with his former college teammate Dalton Jensen. Together, they helped lead the Lopers to a Division II national team title this past year. This was a great conversation that I wish we had more time. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Andrew Sorensen. Were, were you much into extracurriculars or like that? I mean, from from what I've kind of found is you were pretty dedicated so it didn't seem like you had too much time for anything else other than wrestling for uh you mean when I got to college yeah that kind of yeah I mean I guess I grew up in small town Iowa and and like you were always around the extracurriculars like that's what like that's what happened all the time but uh definitely like my dad would always say like uh you know, if you want to do these big things, like you can't be doing what everybody else is doing. Um, But I wouldn't say that I understood, like there has to be a balance, right. In your life. Um, So like I definitely partook, but definitely not from once school started to once nationals was going on. It was, it was uh, definitely a a no go on the extra curriculum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even even to like, uh, there's only so many hours in the day. So like, um, even people I hung out with, like I have some of my best friends I had in college, there would be like four or five, six months of like, I might see them every once in a while, but you know, they're doing, they were doing college things. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to go. I'll see you guys later. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was worth it. It was good. I I think I might, maybe I could have probably even been more, (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. looking back, I maybe did some college things too, too hard, but <laughs> like Visha. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Visha. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they just you, had to go ruin it. I don't know. What I know. Is. <laughs> what I, is the deal? My wife went there and I think I, I think I might've went and seen her the last year. I think it was 2014 maybe or 2013 the last year I had it. So yeah. I think I was there the last year. Yeah. That's so you were part of the problem. You're yeah, you know, yes. dumpsters. And, yes. <laughs> what are they doing? Why do you do that? <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Um, well, I was gonna ask ask you actually. So you grew up in a small town. I saw you grew up in what Woden? Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yep. Woden. Because yeah. I saw um a couple of places. Your high school was Woden, Crystal Lake, Tatanka. Yep. And not Forest City. Correct. Was it always? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was always that way. Um, I, they, so when my dad went to school there, uh, it was Woden, Crystal Lake, Titanka were all separate schools. They all consolidated by the time I was coming through. Um, so our elementary was in Woden, middle school was in Titanka, and Crystal Lake was the high school. Uh, so the kids that would have to come over for high school and drive from Titanka, some of them might have like a 45-minute drive. Like it covered a pretty big, Whoa. yeah, yeah, to go to school. Um, and that just kind of, I mean, they maybe could have went closer, like Buffalo Center is pretty decently close. They probably had a closer drive there, but that just was the district they kind of fell in. And I don't know how that all works either. Mm-hmm. I, I never had that problem. I was in Woden, so <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. have a choice. But um, so, yeah, I Woden is like a town of 100, 150 people. Wow. Tyke and Crystal Lake or... Tyke's the biggest one. That's probably 500. Um, and then like my graduating class was 18 kids. Whoa. Um, so wow. we didn't have wrestling. Uh, we didn't have cross country and we didn't have some higher end classes like chemistry, physics, stuff like that. So we shared with four city and four cities done these shares with a couple of the other schools too. Like Buffalo center came over for wrestling for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the fact that they have Waldorf there kind of helps. I took some some classes through Waldorf my senior year as well. Um, so we just had a shared thing. Uh, it's like uh, from my house to Four City High School is like a 20, 25 minute drive. Jeez, um, still. I, and I could have went to West Hancock that I was like eight miles from. Mm, okay. You know? But we yeah. we shared um, we shared wrestling. And then since I was little, uh, so my first grade teacher was Deb Cunningham. Uh, her husband is Dave Cunningham. He helped run the program over there. Dave was an All-American for Northern Iowa back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then I, she's the one that kind of got me into wrestling. And then uh, Murray Anderson was the high school coach then. And he, him and uh, Todd Spooner was the little kids coach. They were all just between Dave, Todd, and Murray – they were all so involved, I guess, with wrestling. They they took me anywhere I wanted to go. Um, they just did a lot of things for me. So when I kind of started getting older and was like, do I really want to drive that every day? Or I could just go down to West Hancock. They're pretty tough. They're eight mm-hmm. miles away. They have better football than WCLT. <laughs> like, I could just go do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it really came down to, like, I – I didn't want to do that to those guys. They put so much time into me and, and they were just good people too. Not that yeah. the, the West Hancock guys weren't, they were great. Um, but they just took me, I mean, in the summers we'd go and train with all those guys. We'd go over to Clear Lake and train. We'd go over to Algona mm-hmm. and train. 
uh, Mason City a lot and trained. And that, I mean, they were the ones driving me. My dad farmed, my mom worked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he taught. And so I just had to get over to Four City and he would take me over, you know, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They did a lot for me for sure. Yeah. So I was going to ask because you grew up on a farm. So your, your dad probably, it sounds like, wasn't able to be as involved as he probably wanted to because of the farm. Um, probably not as much as he wanted to, but he, he gave me everything that I needed, Mm -hmm. uh, to be successful. Um, and, and he didn't wrestle at all, uh, but he knew what it would take to be successful training wise, uh, goals wise, like people you surround yourself with the people you look up to, um, and I think I just saw an article on flow the other day that uh, like Iowa was ahead of its time back in the day. Cause Iowa public television, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could watch any duels. I don't know if you, you remember watching Iowa public television. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every, I mean, it was <laughs> fantastic. It was great. Um, and we would watch these duels and he would be like, you want to wrestle in college? Like you got to watch these guys and, and be like them. And that's, that was like the glory days of Iowa too, where they're just like mm-hmm. train house and everybody. <laughs> but so I grew up watching, you know, Ironside and Schwab and West hand and, you know, all those guys just full heart, just putting beat downs on. And mm-hmm. then, um, part of that growing up too, um, I got, I guess started watching Iowa state too is, um, uh, Seabirds out of Belmont. Do you remember Ethan and Nolan? Oh yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. Ethan rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so their dad, uh, in this process of going around and training with all these other people, we started really getting, getting to know Ethan, uh, really well. Me and Ethan were the same age. Um, mm-hmm. his dad, Rodney coach Seabert, he wanted me to call him. He's a great dude. And he also took me and we went down to a couple Missouri camps and he would call up my dad and be like, we're, Hey, we're going down to watch the Iowa state duel. Do you want to come with? Um, and so he started taking me down to Iowa state duels. Um, but so to answer your question, like I, my dad missed out on, on some of the training aspects of it, but never, big moments he was at all my duels all my Mm -hmm. tournaments you know drove me to Ames multiple times uh to go train down when they had that uh god what was that building called um with Dwight Henson Mm. what'd they call that it's just north of Ames I don't know I can't think of it right now so he would drive me down on Sundays before Mm -hmm. I could drive um or if he didn't, he just didn't trust me to drive two yeah, yeah. hours back, uh, which is good because I crashed a couple cars when I was in high school. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he took me down. So he he was a big part of it. But there was always like, if you want to do this stuff, other, you know, before you get to go have fun, like the chores need to be taken care of. The cows mm-hmm. depend on you. You know, the crops depend on you. Like these these stuff needs to be done before you can go off and and play mm-hmm. you know um so that was a a good life lesson too like just growing up and realizing things people depend on you or things depend on you and and you need to get those done before you can go off and do things that you want to do mm-hmm. yeah um 
So it sounds like, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that people can impact you and your, your family can, you know, some people are involved in the training and get their sons up and whatever yours was more. It seems like, you know, he encouraged and took you to, he gave you the opportunity, like you were saying to be successful. Yep. And it was always, uh, um, especially I'm the oldest Mm -hmm. and he like, I bet people back in the day when I was growing up were like, man, your dad is intense. Mm-hmm. But like, he was never like intense in a, in a malicious way towards me. It mm-hmm. was just like, well, he wrote down these goals, you know, I'm going to provide the things. And then I want him to go out and, and fight on the mat. Like you, you, know, you go out and fight hard, but it was never like, he wasn't banging on my door to, Hey, you need to wake up and work in the morning. He was just like, Hey, you have these goals. Like you probably need to be doing more than some, somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, I learned to set my own alarm. Chores also had to be done. So I had to, I woke up, I'd run and then I'd run out and do chores and then or I'd wake up and I lift, I run out and do chores and I'd shower and I'd head to school. You know, it was, it was like, if you want these things, I'm not waking you up in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, there was never a push that way. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted something, I had to like justify means like I wanted a treadmill because I hated running when it was like a <laughs> foot and a half of snow outside. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like go out and he's like, well, I, I just don't see you running enough to, to justify a treadmill. So it's like, so it's like, I'd have to go out and suffer in the cold for a few <laughs> weeks, you know, and mm-hmm. they'd be like, all right, you can have a treadmill. I see you're running. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so I always had to justify the, the means to something. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he was, he's a good dad. Yeah. Good dad. Yeah. Uh, what, what, um, what kind of farm did you grow up on? It sounds like you had cows and did you have crops too? Yeah. Yep. Corn beans. Um, and then cattle. Uh, when I was real young, we had, oh, pigs, chickens, horses, sheep, all sorts of things. Wow. But uh, that would have been early 90s-ish, maybe, when the the pig market took a crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was young. But I, I can remember those things. But after that, it was pretty much cattle. And and uh, we rented some, some pasture land as well. So... We had cattle. I was always fixing fence or mm-hmm. cultivating fields or, yeah. I got my, my dog here wanting attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that where you kind of, so the first memory I have of you was, I forget what year it was, 2004 or something, 2003, um, state finals against Pedretti. Oh yeah. And my, my parent, my dad always talks about it. Um, I don't know who was in your corner, but they were saying heavy hands and you snapped Pedretti down onto his face, pretty much like you were standing, you know, neutral and you snapped him down and he literally went to his belly and we had never seen anything like that before. And we were like, Holy smokes. Like, (laughs) 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 so, you know, and I think he did it a couple of times, but, I mean, was that, is that just where you kind of got kind of some yeah, I mean, strength that from time in the nineties, like, you know, watching brands and Ironside and Schwab and those guys, like they just like the aggressiveness and, and that stuff. Um, 
and you'd read, but I'd read books on Gable and stuff and they talk about chopping wood and we had a wood burning mm-hmm. stove in our, in our basement and stuff. So it was like, like we had a log splitter, but dad was just like, here's an ax and here's a, a sledgehammer. And a <laughs> <laughs> so like you do go, go do what those guys do. Or, uh, I think this is my favorite and I, my little brother remembers this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a bunch of cattle and we'd feed some out and we had a, we never had a round baler when I was growing up either. Not until I left. So everything we bailed, we square bailed. So I threw all the bales and then, um, we also had a a feed grinder and we had a cell feeder. So like grind the feed and then you just, you know, it swings over and it dumps it all in there, but he would put it in a, a grain bin or a, yeah. And, just wheel it over like 50 yards from the cell feeder and be like, you know, you for chores, you should be carrying 50 to hundred buckets a day. So it's like, I would just carry buckets, you know, for chores. It's like, cause it wasn't like, uh, I wasn't able to go to four city and work out in the morning and to their lifts, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, how are you going to supplement all this? And mm-hmm. then, dad grew up on a farm and he was like, friggin' farm dudes are strong. Like, <laughs> Do farm stuff, <laughs> you know, throw things around, mm-hmm. smash things. I don't know. Like, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you just would, it'd be five gallon buckets and you would just five gallon buckets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Carry those and huck them up over in the cell feeder. And, <laughs> yeah. And then with the square bales too, would you, you bailed hay, I assume. So you probably put it up in the, in the loft or in the barn. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, get to an age where you you start being the hired hand for anybody around. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd hire hand and, and bail hay in the summer for a lot of people. Um, uh, about when I was in middle school, my dad started a Ben building thing with another buddy of his too in the summer. Mm. So I helped with that a little bit. So I stayed busy. Yeah. So you would build bins. Yep. Like grain bins, mm-hmm. yep. pour concrete. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But what about, so did that cut into summer wrestling at all or did you not really? It did. It did. So that was one thing like, uh, like Dalton Jensen and I were college roommates and we're mm-hmm. together now again, but uh, like he grew up, uh, he was close to the Metro and he had a club and he kind of, wrestled but they all wrestled train greco and freestyle Mm -hmm. i didn't really truly understand the whole fargo scene growing up at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's probably my fault because i didn't really understand uh because i got taken i went and did fargo our our freestyle and greco tournaments and stuff in the summer but it wasn't like i was i wasn't training regularly um you know i wasn't finding partners regularly it was like I'd find somebody Sunday nights or Sunday afternoons and like maybe Tuesday nights. And then like, I'd maybe run over and do a tournament on a Saturday, but I was running over doing a tournament, running back. You know, I, I didn't realize that like Dalton and those, like these kids now, I mean, they're training. Some of these kids are training five times a week and doing a mm-hmm. tournament and have, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's changed so much. Um, so Dalton was doing all these Fargo stuff. He was AAA in Fargo. Uh, I didn't realize that now that I'm a coach looking back, like there's only really a few tournaments. You kind of start looking at piece things together 
mm-hmm. um, and start, you know, track rep. Internet makes everything a lot easier. Um, but those are really the only few tournaments. So it's kind of crazy that I don't even know why I was recruited or why because <laughs> I wasn't doing these things. Some wrestling, I was getting beat regularly. Um, I wasn't cutting any weight. I wasn't doing anything. And then I never went to Fargo. I didn't even realize that was, that was the big thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I went to college and realized like, holy crap, I am so far behind. Like, and I was like so far behind. Um, I, you just grew up in your bubble mm-hmm. and you worked hard and you did all the right things and, uh, you thought you were really good. And then you got out of your bubble and you're like, Oh, <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a tiny fish in this pond. Like, yeah. I am not the man, <laughs> like, but I think it was good for me. Um, just the way I grew up, I guess it was like a challenge then. Um, there was multiple times, I guess, early on, especially that was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I kind of want to quit. Like, this is awful. Um, but I mean, with my teammates, I mean, family coaches, like, I mean, didn't quit, ended mm-hmm. up all right. Didn't accomplish some of the things I wanted to, but, uh, the process to get there was top. I mean, it was good things. And, mm-hmm. and it all stems back from how I was raised mm-hmm. by my parents. So, yeah. Who did you kind of train with then? You know, you kind of listed how far it took or how long it took to get to Forest City and your surrounding towns were small. Like, who did you train with or where did you go to train? So that um, in the summers, we used to go over to Mason City and or Clear Lake. Okay. Um, back then, it, Weber would have been the coach at Clear Lake and Rhodes was the coach at Mason. Mm-hmm. I believe Rhodes is still coaching at Mason. Um, but they would have like, it'd be like everybody in the surrounding area would kind of come and just work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was training with a whole bunch of guys and and back then that North central Iowa area was really tough. Yeah. Uh, New yeah. Hampton, Hampton, Dumont, um, clear Lake was really good. Elgona was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Hancock had some good kids. Belmont had a couple studs, Osage, Riceville, like Lake mills, like all those teams were really tough. <laughs> and that was really cool. Cause a lot of those guys are in our conference, but it didn't even matter. All those coaches just got together and, and would bring their kids over and train, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so I, I, we went over to Clear Lake and Mason a decent amount. Um, and then I was good friends with a lot of the Algona kids, which would have been like the Keekers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I know I'm missing some, the twin river Valley kids down there, like Boynton, Hazen camp tool, those guys, they would come up. So I got to go over there a decent amount too, and work out with that group. Um, so yeah. It's just things that, I mean, I've heard coaches say before, like, oh, I don't want my kids wrestling our competition in the summer. I'm like, that's just silly. If you guys all come to the same room, like, it's the only way to get better. You're just trying to get better guys. Like, and so, yeah, that, that made it worth it. That was, Mm -hmm. that was good. Um, Like I said, though, I think maybe I, should have been stretching myself out even, <laughs> maybe farther. Well, you know, from what you kind of listed, like you were just kind of talking, listening to all these guys. I was like, wow. Okay. You didn't have to go very far. It's like, 
those are some hammers, some, you know, some stud teams and wrestlers, like, like you said, back in the day, and even still to this day, to an extent, you know, there, there's still some tough wrestling in that, you know, central North central part of Iowa. Yeah. There's some good high school coaches up there. You know, they don't have egos and they willing to share all their guys around. And, and I mean, that's awesome. It's it's for the kids. You can tell like all those coaches care a lot and that's, Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. As far as forest city goes, I mean, um, there was kind of you and your brother, what kind of other athletes were on the team? You know, I, I guess I don't recall there being Alex Spooner is another yep. one that came to mind. Yep. Um, that would have been Todd's middle boy. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, he's, he's uh, uh, teaching and coaching up in Okaboji now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I still talk to him every once in a while. He's a good kid. Yeah. What, um, what's your brother Aaron up to? Aaron is going back to school in Ames. He kind of did the right same, same thing. He worked for a bit um, and then didn't like it so much. So he's back going back to school, being a teacher. Nice. So okay. Back in Ames. Um, okay. McDonald's. Andrew McDonald was a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. He went and wrestled at the Citadel. Oh, okay. He would have been two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And then he had a brother, Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some guys I worked out with, I worked out with Cody Asvig. I'm not really even sure what he's doing anymore. Um, I knew he was fighting there for a bit. Really? Yeah. The Brett Wilson would have been one. I think he's a cop back up in four city now. <laughs> um, gosh, Spencer Vries. Not sure where he's at now. Lance Alvarez, some of those, mm-hmm. a couple of those guys they qualified. And, um, we had some good teams um, then, but not until like Aaron came through today. I mean, they won conference, I think, for the first time in forever. Over mm-hmm. stage. Like they had some really good kids around Aaron's age, but been your age mm-hmm. that were going through. That would have been like Cole Anderson and Alex and Aaron and. They had quite a few placers in, in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So you won state your senior year. Um, when was it like, what, what was that like in, in Forest City? Like, was that one of the first ones to do it or just the first one in a while? or First one in a while. Um, I think since like maybe the earlier 90s. Whenever, I think mm-hmm. Sesker was right before me, maybe. Um, I think I was the fourth, though. I can't mm-hmm. remember how many. I think I was the fourth. Um, but yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> they just, I don't know. They, they did a, I mean, all those people did a lot for me. It was kind of yeah. weird because I, I really didn't go to Four City. So there was like, I didn't know a ton of those people. Like my, like I said, my bubble was really small mm-hmm. and I wasn't going out and, and partying on weekends or anything like I was either working on the farm or I went to a different school. So hanging out with guys there and, and so I didn't know a ton of people, but even just the administration and teachers and, um, I mean, they, they were all awesome, super, super nice. So I kind of got two like homecomings, like like one. So that was kind of cool. Um, it funny story. Uh, so 
I won Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday we come home, and Monday I go back to school in Woden. Mm-hmm. Our Chris Lake would have been high school, and so I'm in Chris Lake at the high school, and I get a phone call from Murray, and he's like, "Can you get over here like right now?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know why." <laughs> he's like, "Kale's here." He's like, "I'm like what?" Oh, like Kale Sanderson's here. I'm like, "What the heck?" Like, I want to come over. Like, and then he was like, well, Kale's not going to wait. Like, okay. So like he was, he was on his recruiting trail after the state tournament. <clears throat> and obviously I'm listed as four city. So I'm, he shows up to four city and I'm not even in class or in school. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that kind of started the whole thing. And that, I mean, still is, he's the man, mm-hmm. but you know, Kale, Kale shows up and you're like, oh my gosh, you know. So did you miss him or did you oh, get yeah, over there? I missed him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I missed him. Oh, how did you deal with that? I'd be like, I would have been panicked. It was good. He ended up calling and then uh we just set up like a recruiting visit to go mm-hmm. down. Um and it turned out good. And then after the recruiting visit, he wanted to come and, and see actually where I was from. So he he did a home visit and mm-hmm. I committed that night and you you have kale sitting in your in your you know your farmstead you, you don't say no <laughs> right yeah well, i was gonna ask how the dynamic was of going to a different high school and winning a state title you know for for city because that's where you're you know wrestling consolidated there yeah like what was that dynamic like um i really didn't think much of it I guess um and the coaches were cool like I wanted to somehow represent Woden Crystal Lake too Mm -hmm. uh and hence the gold headgear and the black and gold shoes uh that I wore so like they were really cool about that because obviously that's not their colors and (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean they just again everybody just like was so open to to helping me and, and help me accomplish my goals. Like, I don't know how many nights, you know, they would stay late uh, for me or, you know, I stayed over before tournaments. I would go stay at Dave and Deb Cunningham's house. So I wouldn't have to drive 30 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. to, to go catch the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, I had a after school. So like Woden Chris Lake had to provide a driver. So I had a, chauffeur a professional chauffeur his name was ray hallett and he would drive me to practice every day and he would pick me up from practice every day and drive me back to crystal lake um wow so like i mean just the amount of people that that had their hand in helping me do what i wanted to do and like i just didn't even and you're young then like i didn't think anything of it you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that that really had their hands and, and giving me an opportunity to do what I wanted to, to do, which was super awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's things that you don't even think about, you know, other schools looking in, like, to be honest, I didn't know you, you know, when I saw that you listed Woden Crystal Lake Tatanka, I was like, Oh man, is that, is that a mistake? Like, cause <laughs> I just identify you with four city. Yeah, And it's just so interesting, the kind of the hoops you had to go through as a smaller school. Like I didn't have to do that because 
Monona was the big school, but like yeah. kids from other McGregor, Farmersburg, like they had to commute and it wasn't yeah. half hour, but still like things I didn't even really think about. Yeah. No. And, and Deb Cunningham was your, your teacher too, right? You yeah. Said? Yep. She was my first grade teacher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I was, she must, I must've been a little hellion or something like <laughs> she, <laughs> she, uh, she sent a flyer back with my parents, like, and then like, I don't know, my parents never did it. And they must've been like, Oh, you should just do this. Like, this is good for him. But cause they never wrestled, they didn't do it. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's kind of crazy how that all worked. Um, <laughs> you know, I think part of that, cause uh, a farmer, your time is valuable. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're always doing stuff. And I think this is going to kind of stem off on a, a longer story, but it's like, my dad was a pretty good football player back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, his senior year, they dropped football and he wasn't able to play. Ooh. Uh, my grandpa, his dad, there was no open enrollment then. So you couldn't jump over. Like, so if Woden Chris Lake didn't have wrestling, I wouldn't be able to wrestle. I wouldn't have been able to go over to four city. Mm-hmm. Like I could now. But back in the day, they they dropped it. He couldn't go to West Hancock. He couldn't go to Crystal Lake. He couldn't go to Leland, Tyke. None of these schools, you have to live in the district to play football. And I think he was, like, all state his junior year pretty good and um, was already getting talked to by some colleges. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped football, and his dad, my grandpa, wouldn't let him go live in a different district with his brother to play football. He's like, I need you on the farm. And I think that's a big part of why my dad always let me do, you know, all these things, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was like, and I, I don't know. He probably wouldn't change his life one bit. Right. But, you know, he probably, when I was in first grade and I brought this flyer back and he's like, God, it's freaking 25 minute drive. And, like, we're going to have to do this three nights a week. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. And he probably, I imagine he was like, well, this is what it takes. And this is his opportunity. Like, let's see what happens, you know? But mm-hmm. I think that was definitely a big part of why he let me do all these things. And then he instilled, like, if you want to do these things, this is what needs to be done. Like, you go mm-hmm. do these chores. This needs to be done, you know? And then you can do all this. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so long story short. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever, like, it sounds, you know, he, he really was supportive. Was there ever a point where he, you know, have you ever talked to him about maybe where he was like, man, you know, cause you got seventh as a freshman, but then you didn't even qualify it to state oh, yeah. as a, as a sophomore. So like, was That's there ever a point? Idea. Yeah. You know, was there ever not only for you, but for him going, man, you know, I'm missing out on some, chores like maybe i need oh, to yeah <laughs> i've been back here because it's oh, yeah. just, it might be working out yeah i he apologized once i think <laughs> like I've, I've heard him say like uh i can't believe all like if i'm <laughs> if i'm gonna miss all this stuff work and and taking care of things like mm-hmm. you need to compete hard and mm-hmm. i think he's just like I think there's a couple times where like he was not happy with my effort. Mm-hmm. He's like, not so much the wins and losses, but just your effort. Like you can control your effort. You can control your attitude. And I had a pretty 
big attitude too. <laughs> but my wife is definitely calm me down. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I had a pretty big attitude. So uh, there was a couple times that he was like, "If I'm missing this stuff, like you better be given 100 percent effort." And, and uh, yeah, that sophomore year, we I think we went like a long. It was like a week. We maybe didn't talk to each other, <laughs> but he's. Uh, it wasn't that maybe I didn't qualify. It was like I didn't. I think I was letting too much outside stuff happen. Like I had a great year. I think I was undefeated going into districts and then I had two losses. Like I lost and only top two go. And that year it would have been Sandy and Sundall. Oh, wow. And me. Okay. <laughs> and then I think Pickerel was, I don't remember who was number one. I don't remember if that was the year pick was at the weight too, mm-hmm. but it would have been, Pickerel's one. I'd beaten Sandy and Sundal throughout the year. I was two, and those two were right behind me. And I lost both matches in overtime. And Oof. so those guys go on, qualify. I don't even remember if they end up placing or not, but mm-hmm. I remember having to go down. Dad was like, because I could have stayed home and, and done chores. And he's like, nope, you're going to go down. You're going to support your team that qualified, and you're going to watch those guys that just beat you wrestle mm-hmm. for your medal your your state finals you know your your championship and i was like that was the worst <laughs> <laughs> watching just pouting in the stands you mm-hmm. baby but that was a good learning lesson for sure um even i mean i think i wish i knew what i knew now <laughs> yeah yeah Things, so we all yeah wish i knew what i knew now mm-hmm. i know i i feel like i just was super emotional um and wouldn't like calm down and take a look and like fix things and train i just assume that if i just go harder and longer than everybody then then i'll win or you know and i never it took me a long time to figure out like it's got to be consistent and it's got to be purposeful and it's you know all the Mm -hmm. other little things Mm -hmm. And and your mind's the most empowerful powerful thing. But if I had one little hiccup, man, I was just like throwing a tantrum as <laughs> a child. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't mature for sure. Um, and I think that comes with pressure sometimes. Like you feel some pressure and like you just let things get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely got better throughout my college career. And but I also think that was part of what pushed me every day too like feeling inadequate a little bit. So like I have to do more and I have to do it harder and I have to do it better. So like that, that definitely drove me as well. So like, it's like a double-edged sword there. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to like, it sounds like it was a healthy amount of pressure. Some people put so much pressure on it that it becomes kind of unhealthy. Yeah. You know, but it sounds like in your case, it, it seems like, like I said, a healthy amount where it was benefiting you to feel a little pressure. Yeah. Yep. And there was times that, that it didn't benefit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you, I would think back like my first year in college, like where I was way behind, like mm-hmm. that was an unhealthy amount. Like I was feeling so down on myself that like, I mean, not getting a takedown till December, like that's like, you know, you're just breaking down in the your dorm mm-hmm. room every night. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I had a conversation with Dalton um, 
I ended up calling my dad and uh, I told him, I think I'm going to be done. And, and I thought he'd freak out. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, son, if that's what you decide, you have to live with it. And he's like, I'll support you either way. And then I was like, that was some reverse psychology stuff. I know. <laughs> like, I'm not quitting now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, after I think, cause I felt like I was letting him down Oh, you know, he, he'd done so much for me. I felt like I was letting all the people down that have done so much for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't really wrestling for myself at that point. I was like trying to appease everybody and, and it was, it, that's unhealthy. Like it's gotta be for you and it has to be genuine. Um, and you just, like I said, there's just so many people that have their hands in it because they want to see you succeed too. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's important that like you can't then take their burden on too, you know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, so yeah, after that conversation, everything got a lot better, made more sense and training got better. Yeah. You know, like in high school or at the lower levels, you can do it for other reasons or, you know, for other people. But yeah, once you get to the division one level or even the collegiate level, you know, you see D2 athletes. Yeah. You know, you got to do it for yourself. For sure. And because wrestling's so tough too, because like nobody else steps out with you. Like yeah. you have to shoulder it all. And like, you can ask me all the questions in the world and trying to figure this stuff out. But all I am is a cheerleader, man. Like I sit <laughs> on the sidelines. I can't help you one bit. It is you 100%. Um, I actually think I saw like brand say, and it, it just popped up one of my feeds the other day. He said something about like, I, I want a guy that's training and doing all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he, he chimed in like, without a coach i can't be do you see this at all do you see it no 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 oh, i can't gosh i wish i i'm like paraphrasing really bad i'm sure but he's like and his is what he meant was like i can't step out and do the things like you have to do it so you have to put the preparation in without me because when it, when you step out there you have to be confident you can do it Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and it was like, a, I'll be there. I'm helping. Like, I'm always there. But if you really want to be great, you have to be doing stuff without me because it prepares you because you're the only one that steps out there. And then you have to shoulder the burden. You know, that's that's tough. I'll, I'm just, yeah. a, I'm just a cheerleader in the corner. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And that that seems I mean, that's right. You know, he's right. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um. So uh, just back to your Iowa State days, because you said Kale recruited you. Yeah. And so you you uh, went there, but then Kale left for Penn State. What was that transition like as an athlete, you know, going through the transition from one coach to another, deciding if you're going to go or stay? I mean, that that threw that had to have thrown a wrench into it. Uh, for sure. Um, it kind of took us all by surprise one mm -hmm. and there wasn't social media wasn't like mm -hmm. such a thing back then right. so it was like you're you're hearing things like oh man like i just saw this private plane land in Ames. like the only way that happens is if like someone's you know you know so like you just hear, <laughs> you start hearing rumors and all this stuff and um we actually end up you know how things slip out i think kale really wanted to meet with the team and tell them but um I think they weren't 
allowing him to talk to us because they're afraid that he was going to pull people away well, and not not me like, mm-hmm. like the class two classes above me like <laughs> Ritsky and Barner and Kyle yeah. like Gallic and Mueller and, <laughs> and like, those guys were dudes you know yeah yeah um so I think and we're number two in the country then so it was like you know Iowa State I'm sure they didn't want all their guys leaving Mm-hmm. So he kind of gave him like a strict thing of like, you get to meet and we're going to be standing there. And it was like really odd. Like he addressed us and said he was going to Penn state and then happy as time for his time and really loved us. And then he was out and then it was the, they stepped in and they so they just said like, we're not releasing anybody. So it wasn't even really like an option to me. Like the transfer thing wasn't as big as it is now mm-hmm. you know like i didn't i also didn't really understand like but you could transfer and not take scholarship or you could transfer and maybe appeal or you could do this but that that was those were hard to win back in the day i feel yeah. like it's getting easier and easier now because mm-hmm. that was 100 percent why i chose iowa state was was kale like that was it um i never even looked at who was out there who was on the roster, which if I did, I would have been silly to choose Iowa state. They had Kyler and John mm-hmm. like, where am I going to fit in? in this? You know, like, <laughs> uh, they're probably just like pooping their pants when they're like, Sorensen's going to start now. Like this yeah. is, like, this is a bad <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> We're, we need to find someone else. Uh, <laughs> no, I, um, no. So it, it really wasn't even an option. Uh, and at that point, I love Ames. I love my time in Ames. Iowa State is a great university, mm-hmm. awesome tradition, good fan base, like all of the above. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Ames, but that was not a transition that I was like prepared for, I guess. Right. Um, I didn't really know what would happen. Um, once uh, Jackson, well, even – even before that, like we had a lot of coaching changes, like Hartung was there my first year. He was gone my second year. Casey came in and then we had another coaching change with Jackson. And then once Jackson came in, his staff kind of turned over every year. You know, we had different assistants every year. So my whole college career, like I don't, I've never counted them up, but I bet I had 15, seven, I don't know, a lot of coaches, right? Um, but I knew that I wanted to coach as well in college. Uh, so I guess I looked at it as like, this is good for me. This is good for me. Um, because I'll get to take the good and the bad from everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, interesting. So I, it was interesting. I, my sophomore year. Um, I definitely leaned on our upperclassmen more than anything because when you have Zabriskie and Varner and Mueller and Fanthorpe was amazing and Gallic and those guys, like those are, they're your culture carriers. You know, they're the ones that were living it. They got those extra years with Kale and like they knew what it took to win at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, if you go down a class, you're talking reader, um, like those, we already had like a good foundation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was almost like, yeah, it sucks. Kale's gone. But then you're like, I don't know. These guys are all good. Like I'll just, <laughs> I'll just learn from them, you know, mm-hmm. and not to say that the coaching staff that came in did not help me because they did. Mm-hmm. They did. But like, you're the one, I mean, <clears throat> we tell our guys here that their best resource, <clears throat> excuse me, is the guys on the team. It's not us. It's not, there's a strength coach. It's not, it's not, it's the best resource they have is 100% the guys on the team. Mm-hmm. They should use each other. They're the ones that are living it. They're the ones that are going through the same struggles. They should, they need to use each other, you know? Um, so, and I think that was a, a big thing that I felt, I guess, when the transition happened is we all kind of leaned on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of answered one of my questions. I was, I was thinking about asking you was how important team camaraderie is. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, you know, it's from football, you know, the NFL and like how important it is for an NFL team to have that camaraderie and be able to look at every guy and be like, yo, you got my back. I love you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And in wrestling, you know, you just kind of answered it. That's pretty important as well. I mean, we get pegged uh, as an individual sport a lot, you know, mm-hmm. oh, wrestling is an individual sport. <clears throat> and I mean, it's not, there's no team aspect like, and that's not true. Every mm-hmm. good team doesn't have a bunch of great individuals. I mean, they are, a team they're invested in each other they fight for one another once you're like ingrained like i'm gonna fight for this guy i'll fight for that guy then everything starts changing and it's even more funny and i think we saw it this last year um you're wearing the shirt uh senior class that senior class i i almost felt like we didn't coach as much this year like they took care of everything you know, and, and we told them at the beginning of the year, like, you're, you guys are an extension of our staff. You've been around us now for five years. Like, you are assistant coaches now. Take ownership in that, you know, help out the young guys. We had 18 freshmen. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we We kind of took advantage of the COVID year. So we knew those guys were going to come back. And we're like, what better way to reload than get all these kids? And there's some studs in that class Mm -hmm. and then let them learn under these guys for a year. Cause there was kind of a thing where the COVID seniors didn't count charge your equivalency for one year. So it was like, if you could, you could swing it and you could pay for their scholarships out of fundraise money. And then also bring in your nine scholarships for, your athletes, you know, if that makes any sense. Like Mm -hmm. we could make this happen where like, it's going to cost us money, but these guys are going to influence the new generation. And we just kind of, we have Carney's a good area. We have a lot of backing. We, you know, we have a lot of alumni in town with a lot of people that love wrestling in this area. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we were able to, to get it done. So yeah, it, it is very much a team sport, mm-hmm. very much a team sport. And so we did try you to do things in the, the, 
<clears throat> fall to kind of manipulate that. We play softball games. We go on team retreats and do different games. We like get together and do some volunteer stuff, but it's like for farmers, like covering silage pile, I don't know, just different stuff to get them around each other and get them out of their comfort zone to interact. And I don't know, but yeah. Do you, um, so it sounds like you had to come up with potentially money for nine athletes. Cause you had 18 incoming, you had nine that you were available for scholarship. <clears throat> we and had then you- six COVID seniors come back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but not 9.0 is the scholarship allotment in D2. Okay. Yep. And, and we have to fundraise up, up to our nine. So we, we are fully scholarship at Nebraska Kearney, but we have to fundraise up to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And yeah, you're, you're spot on. Aren't they building a new complex out there? Yeah, that's uh, everybody's like, oh, you guys win nationals, you get a new room. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> this has been in the works since like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first time they started talking about it was like back when Dalton was in college still, mm-hmm. um, which should have been like 12. Yeah. Um, and then they really seriously started talking about it in like 2015 ish. I came the next year and everything started kind of rolling like, oh, yeah, we. We got this big donor in town and he already gave us a ton of money. And now where's it going to go and how's this all going to happen? And then like about every place in the country, education took a hit. Um, So the UNL, UNMC, UNK, UNO, board of directors, all that. We took a hit in the education thing. So we kind of like put it on pause, but then it, it weirdly kind of helped us because in that process, they decommissioned the swimming pool, which is now our new wrestling room. Our oh, okay. Wrestling mm-hmm. room. So we kind of put it on pause there because you can't be going through budget cuts and also be building new things, <laughs> which, right. which a large majority of it is all fundraise dollars. So like it's, it's hard for the community to see separate, like these are tax dollars. This is fundraise dollars, like mm-hmm. fundraise dollars. And they're like, Nope. <laughs> You're building new things. That's not right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we went through Carney ended up hitting a 500 year flood in 2019. That hurt That's some of our right. That's right. Yeah. It flooded a whole bunch of hotels and all sorts of other stuff. So then it was kind of put on pause again and then COVID hit and they're like, definitely not building anything now. So mm-hmm. this has been like slowly in the making for a long time. Um, Dalton was in 2020 when NCAAs got canceled, Dalton had a meeting the week after NCAAs that was supposed to be the final project to go forward with the new room. Mm-hmm. COVID happens, NCAAs get canceled. He gets a call from the chancellor saying like, yeah, that meeting is canceled. We are putting everything on pause until we know what's happening. So like oh. it was, it was supposed to happen two years ago for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just happening. It's gonna be sweet though. So that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Good things take time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when do you think it'll be, you know, do you have any ETA? If not, we're it's fine. The, I just we're in the final like six weeks-ish. Um, they're doing some finishing stuff where <clears throat> now we're getting in the weird part of like we need we need to get these mats here, but the flooring's not quite done. We need the w- new weight equipment's coming, but when is the install? Like it's all the final touches, and mm-hmm. they all have to be 
staggered so it's getting getting hairy now like mm-hmm. but six to eight weeks i would say we are in there rolling um yeah so it's getting close looks good hell yeah that's awesome and yeah. you know nebraska carney you know and a lot of d2 basically it's a lot small you know they're smaller towns how do you get people like to come out to carney for visits and that's probably to, to yeah. come yeah that's probably our biggest hurdle when recruiting mm-hmm. um and we have to just kind of be really diligent um it's been nice that nebraska has been pretty tough for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and i think they've always been tough but really like not, i wouldn't say nationally tough but they've always had some guys mm-hmm. um so we've gotten a couple of really good nebraska kids that have treated us well and then kansas and colorado has always treated us well historically mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the first three that we go to usually, and it's easier travel. Denver's five hours, Des Moines four hours, but it's easier to get a kid to come from Denver area than it is to get a kid from Des Moines, mm-hmm. you know, four hours over here. Um, I think it's just once you pass Omaha, it's that longer drive of stretch that like, <laughs> so we've, we've always wanted to get into the Eastern part of Iowa, Illinois, um, Wisconsin starting to get really tough in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to get those guys to drive eight hours when they're passing how many schools. Yeah. Know? And the nice part now is UNK just went in state tuition for every state. So now I can get you in states in state tuition if you come to UNK, which is huge. Yeah. Well, that's wow. Yeah, huge. Huge. So now we're in the talk with everybody. Like it, it really opens up everything because to, uh, to get a good high school kid out of Illinois and he's driving that far, um, out of state tuition and fees would have been like 14,000 ish. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's like six and a half. Yeah. I would have had to give you probably 12, 13, 14,000 to even get you to think about it. And mm-hmm. then you're still paying, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then you're still paying to live and eat, which is about 10, 10 and a half thousand everywhere you go. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really tough to convince a kid to do that when he's driving past how many schools, you know? Yeah. And that's a big investment on our part. If we don't really know. Yeah, true. And so now, I can get you a scholarship for about six and a half. That that number is a lot better. You know, I'm mm-hmm. paying for all your tuition and fees. Six and a half. But mm-hmm. it puts us in the conversation instantaneously, way better. And they kind of started this with Kansas and Colorado a few years ago, and they want a big push of getting more more kids to college at Carney. and it worked out well in Kansas and Colorado. So now they just open it up to everybody this year. So yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been very good. Yeah. It was, it that, was, that is huge yeah. by the college. Huge. For sure. So smart. And hope it know, works out on their end. <laughs> if we ever go back, I'm just going to be so sad. <laughs> I'll be so sad. I was thinking that I was like that. That's hopefully that works out. Cause that's gotta be tough, but yeah. Cause you know, obviously I went to Iowa for a little bit and yeah, I mean, the college is the town, 
you know, uh-huh. and it's like, how do you get, how do you get people out here? I talked to Brett Hunter, head coach of Shadron Shatter. state. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how you get people to be like, okay, yes, I'll at least take a visit. Yeah. The nice part about Carney too. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been here, but yep, the mm-hmm. campus is super nice. Mm-hmm. The town is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a really good job of just taking care of everything. It's a nice community. It's safe community. And we are about 35,000 people, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it feels small. So like I grew up in a small town. I like to do small town things. Like I like to go out and farm. I like to go hunting. I like to go fishing. But I also have the bigger town amenities. There's good places to eat. There's entertainment. There's, And I think it's because of our location. So like this is the good and bad part. It's a really nice town. Mm-hmm. We got all these things because of our location, but it is hard to get people to come here. But once you step on campus and get in town, you feel like you have that Midwest hospitality. Everything's super small town. Awesome. Like everybody's nice. But you also have some of the bigger city amenities that you would because we are probably one of the bigger towns until you get to Denver. And so everybody comes to shop here. Everybody comes to see their doctors here, but mm-hmm. you know, so we have all these things um, because of our location. I mean, I know people that come to shop here for three hours away. That's crazy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but um, so yeah, I, we just service a very large area in rural Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, creates a very unique town um <laughs> we we need workers <laughs> there's never enough workers in town but, but lots of amenities mm-hmm. um, but i think everybody's falling in that problem right now Everybody yeah needs help well what led you what led you personally to nebraska carney was it just your relationship with dalton jensen dalton or? jensen yeah, yeah that's it um <clears throat> when he transferred in what that 10 end of 10 mm-hmm. um I mean, we're best friends. Uh, been trained together, knew each other for a long time. We, we were on like a team Iowa together in like eighth grade. Oh, okay. I remember him back then, and we kind of followed each other through high school. And then we were on the same recruiting trip to Iowa State, and that was just kind of like, and they roomed us together in the hotel, which is crazy. <laughs> and then uh, we just sat up that night, and we're like, oh, man, I'm coming to Iowa State. You're going to come. Oh, yeah. And then Kale did his home visit at Dalton's house, drove four hours to my house, did a home visit that same day. We both committed the same day, asked Kale to room us together. <laughs> and then ever since then, it's always been, I mean, history since then. I was the best man in his wedding. He's the best man in mine. I mean, we want the same things. Uh, we think differently. Um, but I think that fosters a great relationship between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after he left, I always talked to him, you know, I, I followed him down here. I, wa- I watched a couple of his matches. I went to a couple of national tournaments, of D2s just to, you know, be involved still. Um, just cause he's a good friend of mine. And he called, I was at Northern Iowa at the time and I enjoyed my time thoroughly there. I really like Doug. I really like Randy and Brett Cruz. Those guys, they helped me a ton. Uh, loved my time in Cedar Falls. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dalton called me. And he's like, hey, Bauer's stepping down. I just got the head job. You're going to come be my assistant. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like, There's a lot of things that have to happen. Like, <laughs> you know. And he's just like, listen, whatever. Come down, look at it. 
look at it and just tell me what you need and we'll get it done. I promise. And I was like, okay. Like, and so started doing some research on what D2 assistants make and MIAA and like, like, I think I can make this work Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we, and this sounds silly. We'd sit up in the dorm, like, and we both wanted to coach like freshman year. I remember taking my visit to Iowa State and they're like, what do you want to study? I was like, I'm going to be a coach. And they're like, that's not a, that's not a major. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, so I guess I'm just living the dream, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we just sit up at night and talk about, you know, how we wanted to stay in college wrestling and this is awesome. And we love our time and I want to help kids. And, um, we talked like, well, we probably won't be able to do it together. Like it's hard enough to get a job coaching you know Mm -hmm. how's this going to work out and it just happened way faster than we anticipated i think we always thought maybe one day we'll connect again Mm -hmm. but like four years after we were done competing like never thought that would happen right close (laughs) not even close it just that happened way faster and it was like well this is our opportunity let's make the most of it and Mm -hmm. and it was i mean like I said, UNK is super unique in a lot of areas. And the fact that it's there, Mark Bauer, Coach Bauer already created a foundation that they could be successful. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you were starting something new. It was like, this is a place that we can solidify something and make them a powerhouse. Like, let's do it. So it's it's been fun, unique, awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Met my wife here. It's awesome. So been very good to me connie's been yeah. good yeah and you so you said you couldn't <clears throat> excuse me you couldn't uh major in coaching but you majored in kinesiology and health fitness management correct yeah and- so my my fallback was like man if i don't get a, I knew in the d1 world i mean if you're a big 10 coach you're probably an olympian or a world team member or a, you know you're just a stud and like I didn't accomplish any of those things. I wasn't all American. I wasn't a national champion. Uh, So like, I, I just like really, and maybe this is, I selling myself short or something. I'm, I'm very grateful that Bono gave me an opportunity at South Dakota state and got Mm -hmm. me in the door. Um, But I, I just kind of thought like, Oh gosh, like they need, they need the Mark Hall or Kyle Dake or, you know, those guys to, to recruit or those guys to do this. So Mm -hmm. it, I knew that my fallback was going to be like, well, if I can't get a wrestling job, like I'll be a strength coach. Mm -hmm. So that was my background was in like strength conditioning. Um, did my internship with that. And so now I run the strength program, at UNK for wrestling, no other sports, just wrestling, but. Hmm. And so then, yeah, so you got your master's in educational leadership and policy studies. Yep. Did you actually, and then you were getting your graduate degree in higher education. Did you finish that out? I did. I did. So this, oh gosh, this is crazy. So <laughs> this is how much you didn't know and what, like how easy it is for guys to transfer and leave and do all this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Right? like, and I, I was super ingrained with being a cyclone. Like yeah. I said, I loved it. I love being a cyclone. I still love being a cyclone. I try to get back to games or usually duels don't work out so well, but mm-hmm. uh, football and follow it religiously. I'm always looking online about it, but anyways, um, 
So I never took a class I didn't need. I graduated in four years. Um, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do my fifth year? I was like, well, I'm decently close to getting a, um, uh, undergrad in business. Like, I'll just do that. She's like, you can't do that. I was like, oh, I'll just do my dietitian, you know, second degree in that. She's like, you can't do that. <laughs> She's like, you have to be the 40, 60, 90 rule, all these, all this stuff our 30, 60, 90 rule, uh, towards your degree progress towards degree, right? You either have to go into a master's degree or like that's, or you're done competing. Like, I didn't know that like, Oh, you could just transfer and do your master's somewhere else. I was like, well, give me a master's. Like, I do this, you know? <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, cause it was late too. Like I graduated in the spring. Most of those, you know, you apply in January, February. Mm -hmm. So I was way behind the eight ball. And, uh, I was lucky enough. I went and met with, uh, higher ed, uh, the head guy at higher ed. And he was like, I'll help you out. You can get in this program. It's uh, teaching. And if you ever want to go into teaching at a college level or anything like that, um, you know, this will work well for you. I was like, well, that sounds perfect. Right. So he helped me out a ton because he let me in the program and he didn't have to. And because uh, obviously everything was done in full, but so he gets me in, I do my first year and my plan was like, I was just going to stay and finish out. And then, cause I didn't AA, I didn't think I was going to be getting any phone calls. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I didn't search any jobs out. Cause I was like, they don't want a guy that didn't all American being their coach. Right. Mm -hmm. And I get a phone call from uh, Bono and he gave me my start. Right. So I felt horrible though. Cause this guy let me in the program and I'm, I'm about to walk out on him. So mm -hmm. I call him and I was like, can we have a meet? Um, so I go sit down with him and I was like, I've always wanted to be a college wrestling coach. He's given me this opportunity. I have to go take this, but I really want to finish. But I understand that like all these classes are in person. Like, how does this work? You know? And I was like, maybe this is just something I come back and do like in the summers or something. I come back for four weeks or something. And he's like, oh, like, you just want to do it online with me? You'll do all the classes with me. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, if you just want to finish out, like, I'll, I'll oversee all your classes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, wow. So that was another, I mean, I wanted my master's. I thought mm -hmm. it was important. Um, and, yeah, this guy went above and beyond that to help me out. So my first year and a half, I was still taking classes at Iowa state to finish out my master's. So, wow. Yeah. And then, so then you went on and you got, where'd you get your graduate degree from? That, that was my, that was my master. That was it. Oh, so you didn't get, okay. So you, nope. Okay. Nope. That was it. Wipe my hands from school after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday later, but yeah, my, my right. wife's got the brain. She's, she's doing her second <laughs> master's now. Like a, she's, <laughs> she's second master's. Yep. Yep. She's a teacher, mm -hmm. she's a teacher in town. And so she's did her master's. Uh, she finished a couple of years ago and then she started her master's for uh, like principalship. Wow. So I think she's, she's two classes. She would, she could graduate in the fall, but I think she's going to do her principalship K through 12, which is an extra couple classes and an internship. So, yeah. So I think she'll be finished up fully by next fall. So like a year from now. Wow. Cool. 
Just yeah. double masters. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where does she teach? Uh, <clears throat> Hany Aram. So it's, uh, it's like an alternative school. It's, it's, I don't know if that's the right word either. And troubled, mm-hmm. troubled kids isn't the right word either. But right. the, the kids that maybe the high school here is pretty large. It's like mm-hmm. 1,400, 1,500 kids. And it's like the kids that maybe can't handle those class sizes, need some more one-on-one attention. Uh, so she was teaching at the high school. This new school opened up last year. She got a phone call, like, would she be interested in doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and she just took an interview and kind of asked some questions about what it would be. And and she really likes working with the, that type of kid. She finds it very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, it has definitely been uh, tough on her at times because they, they test her a lot, but she has a lot of patience. Mm-hmm probably why she married me <laughs> but yeah she has lots of patience so she, she uh this is her second year at that school and she likes it a lot mm-hmm. like i said I, she definitely feels very re- rewarded but like it definitely challenges her um mentally like some days she just comes home she's like i'm going to bed it's like 8 30 yeah <laughs> i can't take it <laughs> but yeah, in, needs- in monona we had it was kind of called the the resource room, I guess. Yeah. Where, you know, with kids that maybe didn't read at a faster pace as the other kids or whatever, you know, so I see what you're that kind of similar to what. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a wide variety. Like, I mean, like, you know, kids now, I mean, there's a lot of anxiety or this or that, you know, they get diagnosed with all sorts of stuff now. So Mm -hmm. Um, things that weren't maybe the case when we were going to high school is like, ah, just buck it up. Like do, do the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're, I think they're trying to do a better job of reaching all kids mm-hmm. and that's what this school was provided for. And, and so they, the kids and the parents have to apply to get in uh, type of thing. Uh, so they want to be there. And then those, and it's kids that just maybe really don't like school. You know? Yeah. So it's like, rather than dropping out and not doing it, like let's, let's figure out a way for you to maybe make it more enjoyable, maybe more hands-on and Mm -hmm. uh, you graduate with your degree and then move on and hopefully become a productive member of society. And you know, what more can you ask for? So, yeah, I think they're, I like it. It's a good idea. It's obviously in its early stages. I think it's going to do well for the community later on, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the, the high school there is massive. I mean, yeah, compared to what you, yeah. Yeah, you graduated with 18 kids. So, yeah, I mean, I at least had, I think, 80 to 100, maybe, you know. But so you're the strength coach, I yes. guess. Last thing we can kind of chat about. You're the strength coach, the head assistant. Um, and not to like step on any toes, but like, is there ever a drive? to be a head coach, you know, yeah, I mean, like I'm kind of thinking of like Tom and Terry brands, like, you know, Terry or, you know, Kale and is Casey Cunningham, his, you know, right-hand man. It's like yeah, Casey and Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Does that bother you to be like, do you ever dream of being a head coach or is it just like, you know what, this is, this is good for me. No, I mean, you get some phone calls about every spring. Uh, whether to jump back up to division one or, or take a head job at a, a smaller school or something, but I wouldn't 
maybe not this time in my my life maybe mm -hmm. um and it would have to be like the best case scenario mm -hmm. you know um, i'm very happy where i'm at mm -hmm. dalton makes sure that he treats me very well um he takes care of me mm -hmm. uh, people in this town love wrestling they take care of me. i mean there's a lot of <laughs> been very fortunate in my life of wrestling um the people that i've been around and people have taken care of me so um not maybe no <laughs> not yeah. right now mm -hmm. i mean um i and dalton's been very open like you should take these interviews if this is a better opportunity go ahead if do this um it's just it would take a lot <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like to be to to match what what we have um it doesn't bother me that that he is the head guy. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, that, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, also, I mean, the things that he has to deal with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's way better at being maybe wearing different hats is a good way of saying it. Being mm -hmm. more political and and saying things right. Where I'm more a little rough. We're like. I'm just going to kind of say what I think. And if I'm wrong, we can have a conversation and we'll talk about it, but I'll just say it. <laughs> Maybe that's not always the right approach. I've, I'm trying to get better with my, my older age, I guess, but um, yeah, some things that I think are like, Oh man, this could just be solved and we can move on. But they're like, no, no, we have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. this, is <laughs> this is silly, but mm -hmm. No, he does a good job of that. I think we balance each other really well. Um, his background's in business. He's very business oriented. His dad owned it. His mom and dad owned Ace Hardware growing up. So he's that entrepreneur type <laughs> mm -hmm. mentality thinking. And, and uh, I've never really thought that way either. So it's good. Like I, I get to understand his side of things um, and we can have conversations and it, everything's kosher so i, mm -hmm. I don't know no, to answer your yeah. question <laughs> right now um but yeah i mean i'll i'll always hear someone out or you know it's worth a listen you just mm -hmm. never know um mm -hmm. i don't know where my life will take me but i'm i've been blessed to be able to do what i i want to do <laughs> like, yeah I never, I never work a day in my life i just <laughs> hang out and have fun and mm -hmm. hang out with college kids and train and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And Wrestling's a great sport. Yeah. And, and we talked, you said that uh, kids are showing up tomorrow. Is that what? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So all the freshmen will show up tomorrow. Uh, most of our returners, a, a lot of them has stayed around. So like I said, Carney, the dynamic it is like everyone is hiring. So our guys mm -hmm. can get really well-paying jobs. Most of our guys are making 15 to 20 some dollars nice. an hour. Nice. Yeah, that was really good for a <laughs> Yeah. I, I work for a farmer in Ames so I could stay in train and I was working like nine bucks an hour, like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they treated me super well though. They gave me mm -hmm. all the time I needed to train and they fed me every day, which was awesome. So mm -hmm. it's awesome. But uh yeah, these dudes are they can work at uh fast food for like more than 15 bucks an hour. Some are making like 19 just flipping chicken. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy but uh yeah so most of them stay in town and work and hang out with their buddies and you know four o'clock i'll either open the weight room and lift or let the guys roll around and, and so they kind of hang out all summer 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we give them designated times to like, listen, like we're not coming around because you guys can't see us 24 seven. Like you need some time away from us. So this has kind of been our time away the last couple of weeks is like, you know, you can still train the door will still be open, but I'm not going to be around because they just need a fresh breather from us. You know, mm-hmm. it's good for them. But. Yeah. And you know, this incoming group, you know, you won the team title last year, which was awesome. Huge for, you know, somebody else other than St. Cloud to finally win it. But you know, yeah. Um, I mean, they, oh, they do a good job up there. Yeah. I mean, and looking this year again, they're going to be tough again. You know, uh, Central Oaks going to be tough again. Mm-hmm. West Liberty is going to be good. They're all they're all led by good coaches that have good. You know, they do a good job recruiting and they do a good job peaking guys. And then uh, Adam State's kind of getting a little. They had three right. last year, and they grabbed a couple kids, and they might be kind of dodgy next year. So there's mm-hmm. going to be be a five five-ish team race. I, be, I imagine I'm missing somebody that, that picked up somebody good. You just never know. But, right. I mean, those teams, they, they, they're going to be tough for, for a few years rolling. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll make it interesting. You don't want it to be easy. Right. No, yeah. no. <laughs> um, did winning this national title, did that bring a little more attention as far as like where recruits be a little more likely to be like, all right, yeah, I'll hear you out. It was a little easier to grab their ear a little bit. I think maybe we'll see it more with the junior class mm-hmm. that that are aren't in our seniors because obviously, like you're recruiting. I mean, we're recruiting seniors now. The seniors last year would have known we were going to win it. Mm-hmm. But I think we've always been in that mix, anyways, for that kid mm-hmm. that you're talking about. It's like. You know, you're a kid that does pretty well at Fargo, but maybe didn't quite AA or, you know, because we have we have Fargo A's on our team. We have preseason, postseason guys that place on our team. We have, you know, multiple time state champs. But, you know, the kids that we're – we always cross over with a lot of D1s, and that's good. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I tell them every time I get it. Like, I understand I did the thing too. Um, and if it doesn't work out, we're here, you know. And or if this is what you want, a smaller environment and, you know, more, I wouldn't say hands on, but more autonomy. D1 is a very business like Penn State, Iowa, Iowa State, like you and I, like Michigan, Oakland State. Mm-hmm. Those guys are the real deal. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it is a job. Um, so it's a little more balanced. Anyways, like I just think we've always been in that talk because we've been I'm going to butcher some numbers here, but mm-hmm. top eight for the last 20 some years. And I think we've placed top four and 16 of those. So like we're always in the mix. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of if you, you have a good two days at nationals or not. Mm-hmm. Um, this last year we had a good two days. Yeah. Maybe next year. Great. I don't know. That's the that's the whole thing. We always just boil it down to that forty eight hours. Uh, but and that makes all the little preparation going up to it important. Mm-hmm. It's just two days. But no, I I don't know if it necessarily opened more doors. I just think the things that we 
needed. I justified Dalton and I hadn't done it yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it not wouldn't say justified, but it, it made what we're preaching and talking about like, Oh, this is working. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're putting lots of guys in the finals. That's something that you have to do to win, you know? So things it's working. Right. And Dalton's business mindset. So he's got all these, you know, <laughs> but graphs and all sorts of stuff but um yeah it, it justified to us that like okay yes what we're preaching is working and then i think with this new room that's really going to help us i mean just training wise space wise let alone recruiting but mm-hmm. i mean we're over doubling our size easy it's going to be ten thousand square feet of just wrestling Jeez, wow yeah, yeah. so it, i mean it's huge and it's awesome and it's going to have a you know, four weight racks, cardio equipment, hot, cold pool. Our training room guy is going to be right there with his own room. Um, so when our guys are hurt, which is almost inevitable in wrestling, yeah. you don't have to be away from us. You're right there with us. Um, our offices are there, their locker room. I mean, everything you would need to be successful as a student athlete, like is in this facility. And I think that's going to be a huge sell. Um, and then I, hopefully we just keep winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we talk about winning, uh, but it's always like the process up to winning. You know, hopefully the seniors that graduated, the the guys that followed under them, you know, will now take some reins and some ownership and create their culture um, of how they want it to look. Because the culture always changes, right? You talk like Mm. there's just no way for like it to be the same over and over again. It just doesn't happen that way. You, it's not the same kids, right? Mm So it's like the culture has some maybe pillars that you always like hit on that are important, that are always part of the program, but like you guys take reins of it. And how do you want it to be? How does it look for you? Um, so hopefully our, our young guys can step in and I think we have some good leaders on the team. We have mm-hmm. some dudes that are workhorses. And so it, now it's, it's up to up to them now, like take it in your hands and make it yours and see what, see what we can do from there. But I, I think we have a lot of good things going for us, right? We talked about uh, the school going to in-state for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, it's an inexpensive school for the most part uh, to get a degree, um, which now, I mean, everything keeps going up and up. So if you can get a degree for pretty cheap and, you can be a part of a great team. And now we have awesome facilities and I mean, that makes it exciting. I think we're pretty attractive for, you know, anybody that doesn't want to be division one or maybe comes back down or maybe, you know, make want to make their mark on D2 instead of D1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. No, Nebraska County checks a lot of those boxes that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, one last thing I just thought of here, you, you, you say you have a lot of, you want athletes, you know, I talked to one of them, he's before your time, but Destin McCauley. Yes. Yeah. You know, I talked to him and he's one who came down from D1. Yeah. Um, Matt Malcolm. Yeah. Um, came from Iowa. Like how, what's that like getting kids who were at D1 who now are coming to D2? You know, I feel like, is there some a mindset that you have to kind of help them shift a little bit because there might be some disappointment or, you know, cause they're like, I might not want to be D one national champ or I want to be D one. And now I'm D two. Like, you know, it's still tough wrestling though. Yeah. 
Um, it's definitely a perspective switch, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, perspective thing. And I think it's, it can help both two ways. So one that you were in a big room with those guys and, and it can give you confidence coming down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times those guys, they did feel inadequate maybe. And so they have some real confidence issues, but their skill wise, they have skill. So they just need maybe more loving <laughs> you know, more because it's not you go drop a match like i ain't flipping you out and putting someone else in you know I, if you lose lose a duel or anything like you're not feeling all this pressure it's like no like you're still a great wrestler let's figure this out we have time and i think it comes from a lot of top down i think like right now if gosh if we didn't win a duel next year and we had a horrible nc day double a's Dalton and I probably aren't getting fired, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't feel the pressure. Like we have to win, you know, we're like, if a football coach did that, like, you're out, mm -hmm. you know, like, so there's no, there's no pressure for us. Like, I don't need you to go win. Like there's a process to be a great wrestler. And so like every day we can just work on that process. So like, how good can you be? And we try to facilitate a lot of things. We, we're not a division one. But we want to treat it like it is. I want to give you the same opportunities. I want to take you to the U.S. Open. I want to take you to U23s. I want to take you to junior duels or junior open. You know, I want to mm -hmm. do all these things with you, give you training opportunities. Like we went up and trained with Iowa State this year, and that was awesome. Um, I want to give you those things. We got to the Cliff Keen, you know, and I want to give you the same environment, but obviously we don't have the funding um the resources that maybe some of those big d ones do but we have a lot um and we try to compete that way um the best thing dalton tells everybody every recruit like the best thing i can do is find you losses like if i can find you losses we can get better so wow we do not try to <laughs> pigeonhole ourselves and mm -hmm. and just beat on some not inferior but teams that maybe don't have as much resources as us we want mm -hmm. we want to find tough wrestling and because our job is to make you the best wrestler you can be if you happen to be a national champ after that that's awesome but if not like i want you to have a good experience too there's not many guys that go on an aa there's not many guys that go on and win a national title and you have 30 to 40 guys in your team if i'm only creating a great experience for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 of you. I'm not doing my job as a coach either. So mm -hmm. um, our job is to create experiences and good life lessons, uh, teach you how to fight through some adversity, create some of that adversity for you is what we're doing and watch you grow. And hopefully when you leave here, you're going to be a, a great human being, a productive member of society, um, be able to take care of your family someday. Um, and hopefully look back on your college career and like, man, I had an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let, you know, I watched the duel. I called the duel actually, uh, Nebraska Carney came up and wrestled Nebraska, you know, yeah. here in Lincoln. So that like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but look, to your point, you know, you go to the cliff keen, you, you're one of the very, what 
I mean, I don't think too many D2 schools go to the the only one now. I thought so. It used to be a a couple JUCOs came down, like NCC. I think last year we were the only one, Um, which I don't know if D1's actually like that because it actually hurts them (laughs) RPI-wise for the butterfly. (laughs) It hurts? Um, It does, yeah. It doesn't help them. You know, if they beat us, it doesn't count towards them. And and (laughs) you beat them, they take a loss and it hurts their RPI. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I hope they want to keep wrestling us. I, I mean, I wish I, we'll set up D1 duels all every year if we can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad we started this, the Grandview duel thing. That's going to be awesome. They, they do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just, just finding good competition and tough competition to, to create that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Snyder and Manning allow us, allowed us to come over. I hope we can do it again sometime. I'll, I'll take a beating. Yeah, <laughs> I've taken many beatings in my life. I'll keep picking. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good learning opportunity for us, and it's a good environment for them. And and learning how to fight when your back's against the wall. Even I know these guys are tough, man. Nebraska has been very tough the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Very tough. Very good team. And it's like, listen, I'm not expecting you to go out and win. I just want you to stand toe to toe with them and give you give it everything you got. Like, and that's you can do that. You can walk off the mat and have your head held high. And then we can go back and watch some film and fix some things. Cause that was a dude. If you can do some things on that guy, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then when you come down to the national tournament, D2 is like, did you wrestle better guys than this? Let's go. Let's just go do the thing now. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how we think, I guess that's our thought process behind it. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was awesome for the state, for Nebraska, you know, yeah. Carney to come in, you know, local, local kids, maybe. Yeah. Just, you know, but no, it was good. Yeah. I, I know that the big 10 schedule is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, we had a hard time finding any dates that would even work this year. Yeah. Hopefully they'll let us do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Love to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, they should be good. They should be real tough again this year. Yeah. Yep. Yo, I talked to Eric Schultz the other day and he's, you know, he's speaking very high of the incoming, you know, guys that are yeah, leaving. Yeah. But they yeah. got some guys coming in apparently. So yeah. no, they had, had a lot leave, but they got, mm-hmm. they got a lot returning too. Mm-hmm. Kind of where we're sitting. Right. Right. We had a lot leave. I mean, we had, or we had five AAs graduate. Wow. One of those AAs didn't start for us this year. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two of them. Two of them didn't start. We had two AAs and a national qualifier that didn't start for us this year. Right. Because you technically returned like, what, 11? Yes. Yeah. And then so, um, but four, five, five AAs graduated, another national qualifier graduated, but we returned five AAs. And we brought in a couple transfers and we have, we had those freshmen and a couple guys sitting in the wings that, I mean, they beat some really good guys throughout the year. So I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it'll look different. And we, I don't know if we'll have a Matt Malcolm just going out and wrecking things, <laughs> but um, it might look different, but I, I think we got some guys that are, that can get it done again. Mm-hmm. We'll see.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Andrew Sorensen, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm also happy to announce you can now find the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast on both Amazon Music and Audible, so be sure to check me out on those platforms. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes for more information about the Gear Up campaign and visit their website. Again, that website is national.beatthestreets.org slash let's talk wrestling. Take care and we will see you next time.